the Todd Stansbury Podcast from RamblinWreck.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket Athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. And welcome in. Glad you're along for another edition of the Toddcast with Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. He is Todd Stansberry. A little bi-week edition of the Toddcast here from Georgia Tech Athletics. Todd, how are you? Doing great. I, I know that bi-week, off-season, those are all relative terms in the life of an athletic director, but is there any one errand or appointment that every time you have a bi-week in football, every single year, you got to check it off your list? Not really. It's though it's well. This year's a little bit different because um, the previous three I've been on the CFP, and so there was no bye weeks. Um, so it's really though having a full week in the office and uh, being able to fill out that schedule without any travel is um, definitely uh, you know uh, something I haven't had in the last few years, and also just a, a chance to kind of you know catch up on some things that you never get to so the workload is not lessened but it's a little different of a, of a workload and juggling of responsibilities this year most definitely it's not uh i'm definitely not required to watch about 20 games a weekend and <laughs> and head on a plane uh sunday afternoon coming back tuesday that makes for, for some pretty short weeks oh you'll still be watching some college football on saturday won't you Yes, but I'll be watching the games I want to watch. There you go. Yeah. You, what was the setup? Did they have like a huge bank of screens where you could watch games simultaneously? No, we had uh, some great software though okay. that just allowed us to like crank through games in uh, literally 45 minutes. And so um, you just pick your spots, uh, the games that you wanted to watch, and were really intriguing. And I. Uh, DVR'd a lot of games and then um, use a software to and from Dallas uh, where I could get in maybe three, four games on a flight. Very nice. Well, I know that you'll be looking forward to uh, watching Georgia Tech football once they emerge from the bye, coming off that dramatic come-from-behind win versus Duke. Yellow Jackets 3-3. Three and three. They'll take on Virginia in Charlottesville on Saturday night, 7.30 on ACC Network. And as we've reached the bye, it so comes at the midway point of the season. Six games down, six to go. Georgia Tech at 3-3. Three and three. What are your thoughts so far on the first half of the season? You know, I think uh, going in, you were uh, and seeing when the bye was, uh, you were, you know, thinking three and three, four and two. If we could be in 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 that position, uh, we'd feel pretty good about where we are. Um, obviously, had no idea, kind of game to game, how um, we might get there. But uh, I think just looking at this team and and uh, having seventy four freshmen and. You know, not knowing kind of from game to game uh, uh, how things were going to turn out, feeling pretty good about where we are right now. I know the bye comes at an opportune time given how the injuries have accumulated over the last several weeks, so hopefully the Jackets can get rested and healed up as they attack the next half of their games. How else have you seen improvement from this team? Of course, the ultimate verdict of a team's progress and improvement in the eyes of many is going to be one loss record but you see other markers of improvement with this team and this program what are those sure well you know last year of course um, we probably didn't practice the way that you would want to because of all the COVID protocols and just really trying to navigate through 
some pretty uncharted territory and not knowing how to keep your players safe. And, and so, obviously, I think when we debriefed and, and when the coaches debriefed at the end of the season, they looked at, you know, areas of discipline, penalties, turnovers, and really focused on those two areas. And, you know, last year um, in, in, in penalties, we were in the bottom 20 in the, in the country. Um, through six games, we're in the top 20 in the country right now, I think at 19th. And, and uh, a, a similar story on turnovers. I think we were, you know, 125 out of 127 or how many teams there are. And, and um, we've jumped like 60, 70 sl- uh, spots as far as turnovers are concerned. So I think when you're looking at just the, the impact and, uh, of um, focusing on areas that you can really help or hurt yourself, those are two areas that really um, kind of jump off the page at me. That that's some, that's a pretty drastic uh, shift, and obviously um, the the focus that the coaches and the student athletes paid to to those two areas are, have have paid off. So three and three that equals Georgia Tech's win total from each of the last two seasons, and at the midway mark of the season. A lot of fans thinking ambitiously, as difficult as the schedule is once we emerge from the bye. Is a bowl game a realistic goal, do you think? I think, yeah, I think it is. I mean, we obviously it's one game at a time. And, um, you know, as you look at, I mean, the road doesn't get any easier. Um, I think of, of those six teams, they, they have a uh, combined uh, loss record of nine losses for six teams. So um, still uh, – you know, pretty treacherous uh, uh, road ahead of us. But I think what you're seeing is a team that, um, when it's all on all cylinders, it's pretty impressive. Uh, and I think one of the things that showed progress last week at Duke is, um, you know, quite frankly, uh, sometimes you got to win ugly. But uh, just to win games when things aren't all going your way uh, is what you're, uh, shows progress and is what you got to do um, uh, for you to end up in a bowl game uh, and uh, end up in uh, where you want at the end of the season. So I think that's another uh, thing that's happened through this year where you're starting to see um, things coming together, uh, obviously still a really young team. But when you can go into a really tough place to play like Duke, I mean, uh, I've had a lot of bad experiences up there um, personally, Georgia Tech fans would agree with you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for, for our student athletes to hang in there and um, just find a way to win, um, which has uh, been tough for us up there over the years. And, I mean, we, we can go all the way back to the early 80s when uh, Steve Spurrier was up there uh, that, um, for whatever reason, tough place to play, and our kids found a way to win. Like you had noted, this is still an incredibly young team. There are 74 freshmen on this roster between true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, COVID freshmen still technically considered freshmen, even though this might be their second or third year, and then 13 seniors. That's the fourth fewest number of seniors in the Power 5 eligibility-wise. So as young as this team still is, as rugged as the remaining schedule still is, you see a ceiling of this team based on what you've seen in some of their games the first half that makes you confident they can compete, they can hang, and they can knock off some wins here once we step out of the bye. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously a a program in transition. 
Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's why you've got uh, a team that's loaded on the pretty much on the front end, not the back end, uh, with uh, 74 uh, freshmen, 13 seniors. Um, but with that, um, there, there's definitely going to be, you know, what I hope is two steps forward, one step back. We will um, have our ups and downs, but I think what we're seeing is a team that's very, very resilient, um, that can win a big game uh, against UNC, um, have a frustrating loss um, against Pittsburgh, and then come back, go on the road. Um, and do what they got to do to win at Duke. So you're just seeing the growth uh, of a team and a team that's coming together. Because when you have that many young players and so few seniors, these guys haven't played together that long. And um, so the, the, the upside is there's a lot of upside because every week they're getting better. They're learning more about themselves. They're getting more comfortable with each other. And I think that's what we're seeing. Well, Virginia is the first opponent out of the bye, and that comes at 7.30 next Saturday at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville. Great start to game week, by the way, versus UVA, because ACC Network on Monday at 7 p.m. will debut its documentary, We're Number One, the 1990 ACC football season. Look, you were right there at ground level with that 1990 team. You were still an academic advisor at Tech that year, right? Yep, those are my guys. Yeah, and so you were—you told me you were on the sidelines for the win versus number one Virginia in 1990. What are your recollections of that game? My recollections were there was a lot of that game that I could not watch. Um, that had to be one of the most intense experiences that, that I, up to that point, obviously, had ever had. But... Um, you know, going into Virginia, they were number one in the country. They were loaded, um, uh, and uh, and quite frankly, in that first half, um, they pretty pretty much had their way with us. And uh, and it was and you know, halftime, and Coach Ross, O'Leary, Freegan, and our assistants, you know, pulled our guys uh, aside and was like, make some adjustments. We need to get a stop. And kind of how they mapped it out is exactly what happened in that second half. And then, of course, Scott Sisson, you know, seven seconds to go, puts it through the upright to win that game. But um, so, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty uh, uh, incredible, and I'm sure not totally by um, happenstance that they're going to be airing that documentary um, the week that we're going back up to UVA. And we get the primetime treatment on Saturday night versus the Cavaliers as well. I think, because I have watched the 1990 CBS telecast of that game, I think we can see you on the sidelines. <laughs> you probably can. Of the CBS telecast. Yeah, no, I, uh, you can probably. And uh, to tell you the truth, it wasn't until a couple of years ago, or it might have even been last year, when um, we uh, honored the 1990 team, which would have normally been um, their 30-year anniversary. And I know that uh, I sat on a panel after um, that game was aired and uh, with a couple players. Yeah. And um, that is actually the first time I'd watched the full game. Really? Because um, there were times... Um, uh, and I think probably when Scott kicked that final kick, I don't know that I was actually watching that kick. I was waiting to see how our sideline reacted to to um, to to, uh, 
to see whether we had he had made it or not because it was pretty intense. Were the butterflies churning oh, when you finally washed it, it again last it, year? No, and it's a lot easier doing than watching a lot of times. That's that is for sure. true. And speaking of that 1990 team, I know that they had to have their – 30-year reunion delayed due to COVID last year, but we will finally get to honor the 1990 National Championship team at Bobby Dodd Stadium October 30th versus Virginia Tech. That'll be really fun, a homecoming, and what better way to ring in homecoming than welcoming back so many members of that 1990 team. Yeah, and we'll be, um, I'll, I'll be hosting, uh, you know, a team event the Friday night uh, or Friday night before the game, and I really can't wait because, um, you know, some of those guys I haven't seen in, you know, since I left here in in uh, in the mid '90s. So, uh, being able to um, uh, get together with um, guys that the last time I saw them, they were 18, 19, 20 year old kids, and they've gone on to do just incredible things as men, and obviously. Um, at the end of the day, that's why we do this, is we develop young people and um, that will go on and do extraordinary things. And so I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with, um, with those guys. Some of them will be less nervous approaching you now <laughs> as the athletic director than 30 years ago when you were their academic advisor. Uh, you're probably right. I don't know that they'll avoid me the same way they may have uh, 30 years ago. Can you have some like mock manila folders and say, hey, I got your transcripts. We need to talk about something from 1990. I guarantee you Friday night there will probably be a lot of conversations <laughs> about transcripts and other uh, uh, academically related hijinks that uh, occurred um, over their four or five years here on the floor. Oh, boy, nothing but nostalgia for that 1990 <laughs> team. That is the next home game at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Make sure you get your tickets if you haven't already. It's homecoming. It's the 1990 reunion. It's Georgia Tech versus Virginia Tech. Uh, of course, I am uh, on the radio. However, journalistic duty compels me to ask you about a few TV issues that have cropped up recently. Uh, first, give us the progress report on where we stand with ACC Network and our Comcast subscribers. Well, I know Commissioner Phillips at the ACC basketball tip-off said uh, this uh, that occurred this week says we are really, really close. So I'm going with that, and um, I know that uh, this is a top priority for the commissioner. Um, we couldn't be in better hands than um, than than Jim Phillips, and so really uh, kind of uh, know it's know it's imminent. And um, and looking obviously looking forward because you know Comcast being such a, a large uh, having such a large footprint here in, in, in the Atlanta area so it's imminent. However, um, keep those calls going to Xfinity Comcast and making sure that uh, they realize how important getting the ACC network is. Uh, to, to Georgia Tech fans. Yeah, keep them respectful, but keep them coming as you reach out on social media or online for uh, Comcast Xfinity subscribers. And then uh, I understand, of course, we weren't privy to this because we were on the radio, but uh, there was an issue that cropped up during the Duke game on Bally Sports South where much of the first half was unavailable for a lot of Bally Sports South subscribers in the Atlanta area when something like this happens. The first instinct for many Georgia Tech fans is to appeal to Georgia Tech athletics and say, 
hey, we need you to fix this. What did you learn about that situation? What can you share with Georgia Tech fans? Well, I guess, uh, you know, it just happens to be one of those, um, you know, happenstance situations where a local distributor had a technical issue which affected the Atlanta community and the fact that it was a Georgia Tech game, Atlanta area, um, obviously um, a big issue with our fans trying to watch the game uh, anywhere else in the country where they weren't affected. So it was just unfortunate, one of those unfortunate circumstances of a local distributor with a technical issue that unfortunately affected a Georgia Tech game. If it were a Boston College-Miami game, everybody in Atlanta who are Georgia Tech fans that wouldn't have batted an eyelash. Yeah. It just so happened that this issue cropped up during a Georgia Tech broadcast. But, yeah, there was the issue with the local distributor being able to receive and distribute the feed. Certainly we appreciate Badly Sports South's diligence in ameliorating the issue. And, again, whenever something like that does pop up on a game day, make sure you're following Georgia Tech's official athletics Twitter accounts because – they're able to share any information about issues with live broadcast and convey that to Georgia Tech fans um, and give you alternative ways to continue to watch or, in some cases, listen to the broadcast. So make sure you follow at GT Athletics, at Georgia Tech Football, at Georgia Tech FB uh, on game days. And, and knock on wood, we don't have any issues like that. But if, in the event that we do, uh, they're your best resource for finding out What's going on? Yeah, because, I mean, even with the Clemson game, we were moved around um, because of the, the um, uh, uh, lightning delay. And, and so those things do happen. And so really, um, you know, look to our social media accounts because as soon as we get the information, I know sometimes it goes from ESPN to ESPN2 or you or, or news or wherever. And so um, we, as soon as we know something, we'll get it posted. And if nothing else, you can always tune into the radio. Uh, so do keep us in mind as well, because I would not be a broadcaster, Todd, if I did not slip in a shameless plug. Uh, let's talk about attendance and what you've seen at Bobby Dodd Stadium through the first several games. We've got three home games remaining, but of those first four that you watched, including Mayhem at Mercedes-Benz, your thoughts on uh, the attendance uh, for Georgia Tech home games? Yeah, I think we're in line with what you're seeing nationally, which is um – uh, smaller crowds. Um, I think a lot of that is due to, you know, just hesitancy of not knowing going into the season with COVID what was going to happen. So for the most part, our situation is uh, we had uh, less season tickets purchased um, or renewed, um, but we're, um, we're, we're exceeding single game tickets. So I think a lot of people are just making those decisions um, in season as opposed to preseason, uh, and uh, and that's what we're noticing. The, the nice thing about where we're at is, um, while crowds overall uh, nationally, um, there's a melt, um, and I know that everybody's experienced it at the NFL at, at pretty much any um, live event. I mean, Notre Dame had its sellout streak broken. Nebraska was in danger of having its decades-long sellout streak broken. Ohio State, I think, had 30,000 unsold tickets for one of its earlier games. Yeah, and uh, but uh, the upside for us is our students are showing up in mass. Um, they they are, we're selling out of our student um, section tickets, um, and that includes obviously down at Mercedes Benz. So, um, really, really feel good about um, uh, where we are with, with with students because that actually is going against a 
a trend that's been going on now for probably the last decade or so where nationally people have been seeing or uh, programs have been seeing a decrease in student attendance. So it's really nice to see um, our students bucking that trend. And of course, we're, we're being very, very intentional in, 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 in making sure that our students realize how important they are to that game day atmosphere. Yeah, so students, uh, duly noted and deeply appreciated. You've created a great atmosphere at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Also, 8,000-plus students at the Mayhem and Mercedes-Benz game versus North Carolina. I I forget if we've caught up with you on a Toddcast since that North Carolina game at MBS, but as an athletic director, I imagine that could not have gone any better for the first game of the series. Yeah, no, it was was awesome. Great, great, uh, Great experience, great experience for our student athletes. Um, but but above and beyond that, I think it was a great experience for the fans. The atmosphere was electric. Um, yeah, uh, I, uh, great way to kick off the Mercedes-Benz series. I know uh, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips was there. We caught up with him in pregame that night, and I'm, certain, I'm sure he was impressed as well by what he saw from Georgia Tech fans. Again, three home games remaining. October 30th, Virginia Tech. That's homecoming, the 1990 reunion as well. November 13th versus a very good Boston College team. That is our nod to aerospace engineering that day. And, of course, we go from the clean old-fashioned hiatus to clean old-fashioned hate once again, November 27th. So three opportunities to catch the Yellow Jackets in person before the end of the season. You know what's a hot ticket right now? And this is no surprise to you, Todd. Boy, Georgia Tech Volleyball, you better get inside and make O'Keefe Gymnasium noisy. What a milestone win for Coach Collier and her program this past Sunday versus number two Pittsburgh, huh? Yeah, I know that. You know, she's, this has been building now for now three, four years. She's in her eighth year. I think a great example of how you build a program into a power. Um, but, uh, you know, a tough weekend two weekends ago um, against nationally ranked teams. And then they have to go on the road and play the number two team in the country that is undefeated. Uh, so they go to Pittsburgh, number two in the country, undefeated, on the road, and uh, win, win that in five. Um, to me, that is just uh, that's one of those program wins. Uh, because the week before, they were in a similar situation, you know, toe-to-toe fist fight with nationally ranked teams. Uh, and in five, it went the other way. And so in a similar situation, go on the road and get over the hump and take care of business. And um, couldn't be prouder of, of that team and, and Coach Collier and her staff because, uh, as I say, this has been, you know, three, four years in the making uh, to get to this point. Now, obviously, um, they're, you know, they're, they're ranked in the top 20. They've been ranked in the top 20 all year. And... Um, uh, but that win up in Pittsburgh was huge. Yeah, now 14-3. and three, They swept Clemson on Wednesday. They're number eight in the RPI. Just to put that Pitt win in perspective, it was the highest-ranked opponent Georgia Tech has ever beaten in program history. It snapped a 27-match regular season win streak from the Panthers. And prior to last Sunday, Pitt had gone 57-2 and two in its last 59 home matches at Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. Remember, two years ago, when this team was considerably younger, they took Pitt, which was number two in the nation, to five sets. And so, again, it, it kind of all came full circle last Sunday, a five-setter at Pittsburgh, number two team in the nation, and they got the job done. And so it should be very lively at O'Keefe this Sunday 
when the Yellow Jackets come home to take on Duke. 2 p.m. is when that match gets underway. And I do suggest you get your tickets because I have a feeling, Todd, they're going to be going fast. And get there early. Uh, yes, get there early and stay loud. Uh, other sports in season right now on the flats. Men's golf, number 14 in the nation. They've won another tournament since our last podcast, which was at the Hamptons Intercollegiate on Long Island. Swimming opened its season with some convincing wins over SCAD. Georgia Tech is hosting the ACC championships in February, but I'm not sure how many Tech fans also know Todd the McCauley it's hosting the NCAA championships in March. This is going to be the uh, the epicenter of college swimming. Yeah, no, and it's uh, obviously we have the, you know, one of the best natatoriums in the world, and so um, everybody wants to come to Atlanta to swim, and and being able to host uh, both the ACC and the NCAA championships um, this year are, um, you know. A great opportunity, obviously, for our swimmers, for the swim community here in Atlanta. Um, and um, while it'll be a little bit taxing on our staff, <laughs> we're uh, we're happy to do it just because it does it enables us to showcase uh, an incredible facility. And what a time to host NCA as well. The men finished last season ranked tw- with a final ranking of number 21, second best finish ever. And then the women finished ranked number 28, their best finish ever. So what a time, like we said, for McCauley to play host of the NCAA championships. Cross country, the women ranked number four regionally. They're still receiving votes nationally. They're uh, at their last regular season meet on Friday at Penn State before the ACC championships October 29th at Notre Dame. And then at tennis, both teams, slew of nationally ranked individuals and doubles teams as they continue their fall seasons. Basketball, less than a month until opening day for the men. Tuesday, November 9th, the men are at home versus Miami of Ohio. The women kick off their season on the road to Central Michigan. I know both Josh and Michael DeVoe and Jordan Usher and Nell Fortner and uh, her two representatives, Lorella Kubai and Lodemai Lawtonin, were at ACC tip-off. Just, uh, I'm sure you caught some of those interviews, Tom, but uh, between those four student-athletes, just great representatives of Georgia Tech basketball. Yeah, those four student-athletes and those two head coaches, pretty impressive um, and, and so proud uh, uh, of them and, and how, what they represent and how well they represent uh, Georgia Tech. But uh, I, t- I tell you what, it's pretty nice going into um, basically uh, basketball media days with the, um, the, the reigning ACC champion and a Sweet 16 women's basketball team. Both programs, of course, coming off great seasons. And, um, and so uh, having, uh, b- being in that position um, is, uh, is a great place to be and obviously um, – there's a lot of a lot of eyeballs on our two teams because uh, we 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 return some pretty significant players and um, and and we've got some great newcomers so really really excited about both those programs. I know that is reciprocated by the fans. We were full capacity for Bobby Dodd Stadium. Is that the plan for McCamish this year? And also, what will the mask policy be for home games? Yep, it's uh, we're in uh, full capacity at McCamish, and uh, masks will be strongly recommended. Sort of falling in line with indoor venues around campus as well. Masks yes. strongly recommended. Season tickets for both teams are on sale now. Look out for information on men's mini season ticket packages next week. Also, look out for information on women's single game tickets versus UConn coming next week. That marquee non conference matchup Thursday, December 9th. But uh, if you want to see 
Nell Fordner and the Georgia Tech women take on Gino Oriyama and the UConn women. Your best way to get there and be inside is to get those season tickets. Yeah, no, obviously um, what Gino's done at UConn, incredible. Um, and having them come to our house, uh, it's going to be a, a, a great match. Um, and I know that uh, uh, Nell and, and Gino uh, have a lot of respect for each other. And knowing the kind of team we got, uh, I think it's going to be uh, – it, it'll be a fun night in McCamish. No doubt. By the way, uh, Gino Oriemo was Nell Fordner's assistant at the 2000 Olympics. And uh, we are also uh, talking to Gino about um, doing uh, some type of an event down here uh, while he's in town with Nell. Oh, fun. Um, and really talking about uh, how he built that thing. And so I, I think with Gino, one – Great coach um, and uh, great person, and I had a, I had the opportunity to get to know him when I was in the American at UCF. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's he's one of those coaches that transcends his sport, and uh, one of my favorite um, times being with Gino, we were at uh, the American meetings in um, in Pona Vedra, and it just happened to be at the same time that the New York Giants. Um, we're doing uh, one of their big fundraising activities down there, and it was something when you saw uh, Eli Manning and others come up to um, Gino Ariyama and say, Coach, could we get a picture with you? That's pretty big time. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty big. good. It'll be a big time scene inside McCamish all winter long. Make sure you get your season tickets, and like we said, be on the lookout for info on the men's mini-season ticket packages and the women's single-game tickets versus UConn next week. Well, that'll wrap up this week's edition of the Toddcast. I'm not sure if you saw, but they changed over the television rights for the NHL. TNT is now part of the television package. They're running their studio shows across the street. Your old buddy from uh, eight years old playing hockey in Ontario, Wayne Gretzky, is one of the uh, studio hosts now at TNT. I did not know that. You didn't know that. I did not know that. You need I to haven't walk been across paying 10th attention. Street and reintroduce yourself. I will have to do that. I think you want your your long-awaited rematch. Well, and especially since Labatt's Blue is our signature drink in my suite. So. Well, <laughs> I, I, I feel like there will be an invitation forthcoming for the great one. I'm glad you gave me a heads up on that. There we go. All right. <laughs> Wayne Gressy, you want to come to uh, the homecoming game, 1990 reunion versus Virginia Tech. We will roll it out for you. We know that Wayne is, is an avid listener of the Toddcast already. so, so. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Very nice. That wraps up this edition of the Toddcast. Make sure you like, you listen, you subscribe. If you have a question for a future edition of the Toddcast, make sure you tweet it to us. I'm at Andy Demetra. He's at GT Todd Stansberry. He's Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. Thanks once again for listening to the Toddcast, everybody. We'll see you at O'Keefe on Sunday. Enjoy your bye week. We'll talk to you again soon. The Todd Stansbury Podcast is a presentation of RamblinWreck.com. Go Jackets!